Hello and welcome to another episode of Breaking Mayberry, the show that gives you plenty of ammunition in case you and your grandpa get into a big fight and you need a final verbal blow. That's pretty good. Uh, It's a rich story. Yeah, it really, it sets the tone for what we are and what we do. Speaking of setting the tone, uh, listeners, I'm just going to tell you right up front, if you've been listening for a while, you might know that like, I tend to get irritated whenever we do really long intros and we never, ever get to the actual discussion of the Andy Griffith Show episode. Yeah, this episode, this podcast is going to be, like, mostly intro. I know up front, I'm giving you this up front, because Dan's got two things, I got a thing. Like, we're surprising each other. I don't know really what's happening. So, it's okay, because honestly, hanging out with us is more interesting than this episode of The Andy Griffith Show anyway. We'll get to that when we get to it. Dan? So, Marty, think you're fucking better than me, huh? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Think you're, <laughs> I do. Think you're hot shit. I, yeah? I absolutely yeah? do. Big fucking man. Just because you're getting engaged, you're getting married, you're all engaged and shit, and I have to be your fucking best man, huh? Huh? Make me dance like you're a little fucking puppet. Eh, plan my bachelor party. Take me to a bird sanctuary. I want to do roller coasters while high. Huh? Huh? Well, guess what, bitch? Now I'm engaged, and you have to be my fucking best man. <laughs> and guess what? I'm going to be really fucking obnoxious about it. I am not going to be reasonable. I'm going to bridezilla all over your fucking face. All right? I want to go to Cancun. I don't even know shit about that place, but you have to take me there. Huh? Huh? Uh, I suppose yeah. this is only fair. I suppose this is fair simply because, like, at least half of my decision to... I shouldn't say half. A, a non-zero amount of my decision to propose to Sarah was about how miserable it would make you to have to do best man duties. Like, Dan's got to give a speech in front of people. He's got to plan an event. These are things that Dan is bad at. And now I got engaged as a counterattack. It was... They, like, <laughs> and then I said, 70% Sarah- of the motivation for it was love, but the other 30% was spite towards you. You didn't see this move, bitch. And then I said, Sarah, will you marry me? And she was like, you've been talking about Dan for the past 20 (laughs) minutes. Yeah. Yeah. I saw your maneuver. And now we're going tit for tat. Anything, any, any hell you put upon me, I'll visit upon you tenfold. It's just a stalemate. I want matching white tuxedos. But not for me. I want to look like an idiot. You and the other guys got to do it. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be expensive. All right. Okay. So I accept. Yeah. Goddamn right you do. You don't have an out. <laughs> I don't have a choice. You 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 chose to do it live on the air. All right. Cool. <laughs> cool. I could edit this all out. But that's okay, Dan. That's okay because I was I already saw this coming. And I want to tell you about something that I got for you. Like Uh-huh. I've already got you a bit of an engagement present here. But first, I got to tell you about something. Okay. First, I have to tell you about Toucan. Okay. It, I, I know this this is not a plug. I know it sounds like a plug. It sounds like you're about that, to do an ad read that you didn't tell me about. Yeah, no, it, no. I just I just discovered this thing, and I actually really like it. They're not paying me to say this. But Toucan is an app plugin that helps you learn languages. Mm-hmm. Uh, it does so by, like, 
plugging right into your into your browser and it scans websites and it'll put words in different languages into the text of your website. So, you know, it'll just, you'll read through it and instead of, you know, you can have a word and instead it'll just put the word una palabra for mm-hmm. word in the sentence there. So it's just like, you're kind of like an immersive learning kind of thing. Got it. Yeah. So again, not being paid here, just, I like this app and I just discovered it like this week or last week. Anyway, the thing about Toucan is it lets you buy words. Okay. Like, you can own a word, and every time that word appears in any language, someone will hover over it, and it'll be like, Marty owns this word. Okay. So, so, and you can buy words on behalf of other people. So, Dan, here's the thing. I'm just going to give you the end of this, and then I'm, we're, we're going to do this memento style. Because I'm going to give you the end result right now, and then I'm going to backtrack and tell you all of the steps I had to do to get to this point, okay? Okay, just st- just stick with me here. Okay, uh, I'll follow along your Riddler bullshit. Let's do so it. So here you go. So I'm just giving you... I just dropped that in chat. All right. If you will, if you will read the, that out loud for me. Dan Ludwig owns the word audible fart. The only place <laughs> where you can be proud That's owner it. of una palabra in multiple languages. It's like the world traveling billboard, but across the entire, entire internet. Passportes included. So now, Dan... Mm-hmm. Anytime Audible Fart pops up, they'll know Dan Ludwig owns that word. Yeah. <laughs> people will know that Dan Ludwig owns Wait, Audible Fart. Wait, so this Fart. is multiple people are going to see this? <laughs> yeah. So you basically bought me a constellation, but exactly. it's an insult. Yeah, it's, it's, it's exactly that. So, Dan, okay. let me back up and tell you how this came to be. Okay. I found Toucan, right? I found a, a, a Facebook ad or whatever for it. And since I've been trying to learn Japanese for the trip that Sarah and I are never taking. Now it's not. So I've been trying to learn Japanese for this. And I was like, all right, cool. I'll give this a try. And I downloaded and I installed it. And I saw the own the word, uh, the own a word feature simply because I like, I don't know, I saw I hovered over a word and I was like, what is this? Brian owns this word. How do I own this? So I paid for this for I saw the the own a word feature and at first at first I my immediate instinct was okay I have to buy Dan the word penis of course yeah I have to make Dan Ludwig own no the word way penis that's not claimed it was not claimed it was not claimed but you're jumping ahead okay first I, first I decided to test this on something actually smart mm-hmm. I decided to test this on something actually intelligent Breaking Mayberry owns the word podcast. We own the word. Anytime the word podcast pops up on a website in any language, it goes back to us. And Dan, I don't think you understand what a big deal this is. Because, like, I looked at some other stuff, right? Like, baseball is owned by MLB. Taco Bell owns Taco. Netflix owns Movie. And who owns Podcast? Not Spotify. (laughs) Not Gimlet. Not the McElroys. Us! These two idiots, we got there first. We own the word podcast, baby. Okay, I just got to I got to check real quick because it 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 sounds like we're in the territory of it. This isn't an NFT, is it? You didn't accidentally do NFT shit. I don't think I did NFT. We don't own an <laughs> NFT of the word podcast, right? 
nope, nope. We just own anytime, anytime podcast pops up. And for someone who is a foreign language learner, they'll hover over it and it'll say, Breaking Mayberry owns the word podcast. And it'll link back to us, baby. It's so smart. So then. Toucan is going to offer us like $500 to give that back. They're going oh. to be like, dude, please. Gimlet Media is offering us so much money. Please give this back. <laughs> I, I'm sure he's a. I'm sure the terms of service are just like, we can take back a word anytime. Fuck but, off. Okay. So, so the thing is, a few days went by. You know, I submitted it, and it's like, we'll get back to you for approval. And a few days went by, and I didn't get approved for this. I had no, you know, I was like, okay, what's the deal with this? And I, like, went on their Facebook chat, and I was like, hey, what's going on with this? I asked two questions. I asked, hey, how long does the approval process start or take? And the other question I asked was, are there any limits on the kind of word that I can do? I'm sitting there like, I want to buy penis. I want to buy penis. Just tell me if I could buy penis. And the Facebook chat's like, hey, email support. And I email support and I don't hear from them. So I'm irritated. But mm-hmm. I get an email from the CEO of Toucan. And I think it's just, I think it's just like a thing that they send to everybody. But it's just like, hey, Martin, excited to introduce you to the flock. I'd love to hear your feedback, blah, blah, blah. You know, what are you doing? And then I see at the bottom, P.S., if you don't want any more emails from me, just reply to this email letting me know. And I go, oh, this isn't like an automated thing. Okay. So I responded to Taylor, Taylor Neiman, who is the CEO. I said, hey, thanks for reaching out. I gave her some information about this. And I was like, can I get some more info on your bio word process? Taylor tags in... Omar, who is the senior manager of strategic partnership, and Omar, my God, dude, you are a champ. Shout out to my boy Omar. Omar. I love you so much. So much. He says, Cool, we gave you the word podcast. Do you have any other questions? And I go, Okay. So <laughs> look, I'm just gonna say, and, and at this point I have to explain it to another person. I have to say to another human being, dude, can I buy penis? <laughs> I have to say to him, so I said, look, I, I want to buy the word penis for, for Dan, for my friend Dan, and I wanted to tell him what we did on the air. Can we make this happen? And Omar's like, that's very funny. I en-. He starts off with, I enjoyed reading your clever word idea. It's not that clever, Omar, but no, I, appreciate, really not. I appreciate the, the, the point here. He's like, listen, you cannot buy such words in our own the word dictionary uh, they have to be english words there are some restrictions though proper nouns no profanity i guess penis falls under the profanity i i understand i yeah. get why you wouldn't want to make penis available so then i had to be like okay thanks for the help uh, listen here are three other options nipples fart mm-hmm. clown <laughs> <laughs> omar you could give oh, me oh, fart i uh, omar says hang on Omar writes back to me, let me check if either fart or clown may qualify or be available. I'll confirm and get back to you by 10 a.m. tomorrow. I want to point out, it costs $5 a week. (laughs) It costs five bucks a week to own a word on Toucan. So Omar is going above and beyond for $5 for his company. All right. So Omar's giving me the white glove treatment. A, A man who... And so in a conversation between two men... Two grown men with full-time jobs. Omar, I just got to point this out, man. I I am a grown man. I'm 34 years old. I have a master's degree and a full-time job. And I made you write this sentence. Yes. Hey, Martin. I can have the following options added to the dictionary. A fart. Audible fart. Funny fart. Long fart. <laughs> loud fart. Or stinky fart. 
If you like any of them, feel free to claim it and I'll have it approved. Omar, my buddy. So do I, so I own Audible Fart in all languages? In like, all languages. Hell so, yes. So, so what that tells me, though, right, is that that means that in other languages, they have words that distinguish these. Yeah. Right. We had to use the adjective in English, but that means that in some other language, there is, you know, there is, it's like the Inuits having a 500 words for snow kind of thing. There are words to describe different oh, kinds of fart. Germany's got one for that. Just like Gutenplaken. Like. <laughs> so, yeah. So I've already learned so much. Language is amazing. Yeah. Thanks, Toucan. <laughs> So there you go, Dan. You own Audible Fart. That was such a long way to go to get to this. Okay. I guess... Mazel tov. One sec. Baby! I own the word Audible Fart. I know! We're all excited here. So that's my bit. What you got, man? Okay, so my thing is, I was hanging out... Oh, hang on, hang on, hang on a second, hang on a second. Uh, go to joinTucan.com. I, yeah. I I guess I gotta be a loyal customer of these of these people forever now, because they've gone so far for this stupid They bit. seem cool. They're yeah, chill. Free plug. Okay, so my thing is, I was hanging out with our friend Paul recently, and we were drinking. Love that guy. And while we were hanging out, he got very serious at one point, point. he was like, so can I show you something that I've been working on for a little bit? And I was like... Yeah, of course, man. Totally. And then he, he takes it out and he says, like, so this is some of this has been coming to me. Like, I've been waking up in the middle of the night and thinking of these. Sometimes I've been just kind of like doing it while I work, but I'm pretty proud of it. And he took out his phone and he proceeded to read me what in his view is the definitive list of nicknames that you can give a person. OK. Yeah. Yeah. I appreciate uh, this. Right. Yes. This is a very Paul thing. Yes. <laughs> I... He is, this is a talent he has. All right, so the list is as follows. Crust. Firework show in mouth. Cowpoke. Ranch hand. Red M&M. Sleazy B. Time for thunder. Crime. Fake Santa. Real Santa. <laughs> Nasty Kevin. Colonel McFingers. Complicated Santa. Dirt mop. <laughs> Mulch House, Yogurt Brain, Lonely Santa, Slumdog Ralph, Night Sweat, Swamp Disaster, Pringle Deagle, Soft Serb, Stop Calling Me Santa, Sapphire, Sergeant Husk, Scuzz, Bitch General, Pizza Pants, Dust Buster, Crumbed, I Hate Christmas, Bahama Carl, Ant Farm, and Plum. Okay. Tag Dan, yourself. I'm Swamp Disaster. Dan, drop those in chat so I can look at those real quick. <laughs> yes. I'm, about to, I'm gonna have to Discord those to you. I'm about to go buy Swamp Disaster <laughs> on Toucan. <laughs> I'm gonna make sure that I own the word Swamp Disaster in all words, including Portuguese. <laughs> okay, the Portuguese definitely have a word for Swamp Disaster. That is definitely that comes up for them on a regular basis. <laughs> I, I really like he the, uh... literally he told me that some of these came to him in a dream. Like so I'm assuming he woke up and just said, What if you called your friend crime? 
I really, I really like the simplicity of just calling a guy crime. <laughs> Here's but, my boy, crime. <laughs> but I think, I think if I have to do any, if I have to pick one, I'm going with Sergeant Husk. <laughs> Sergeant Husk is so underrated. He was particularly proud of Colonel McFinger, and I was like, Paul, Colonel McFinger does not, cr- does not count crack top ten. It is, it's good, but I mean, you gotta go with. I, I think either Night Sweat or Swamp Disaster as the MVP. So I really liked you introducing the character of Paul to yeah. to our listeners right now, so that when we eventually do have Paul on the show, which we have to do because he does stuff like this. Yeah. <laughs> so when we have Paul on the show, now our listeners know, oh, this is the nickname guy. So you kinda like you kinda like backdoor slid Paul introducing here. Just like this episode of the Andy Griffith show does a backdoor slide of goober fucking pile. I, I do have to I have to point out one, one additional detail is um, I, I showed this to Brianna and her response is I've done most of those sex positions which I think that they are equally valid as names for I think the swamp disaster is a move and so is the complicated Santa nasty Kevin nasty Kevin <laughs> that's on Urban Dictionary 100% and it is probably illegal uh, so you should be able to buy words on Urban Dictionary. Oh, there's should. there's an untapped market. <laughs> uh, <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen, time for thunder. Yeah, time for thunder. Firework in mouth. Also <laughs> racehorse names and also stripper names. Uh, Pringle Dingle winning, winning Preakness is absolutely <laughs> thing that could happen. Yeah. And winning this week again... Pringle Dingle. I cannot believe that horse has not been shot yet. Alright, so here's today's episode. Oh, one last thing. Special shout out to Chris uh, with a Y, our latest patron subscriber. Thank you very much for uh, hopping on and supporting us with your money dollars. If you want to join Chris and a whole bunch of other cool people who are supporting Breaking Mayberry, patreon.com slash Breaking Mayberry. Get access to all of our bonus episodes and deleted scenes and uh, at a certain point, hang out with us on the Discord. All right, plug over. Time to go and uh, talk about the thing that we talk about on this show, which is the Andy Griffith Show. If you've never listened to this show because you're Omar and I sent you this podcast, I was like, hey, man, listen to this thing about <laughs> your hard you work. plug to Omar? <laughs> Leave that poor man alone. We, we are a podcast about Baby Boomer Television, specifically the Andy Griffith Show, among others, and we are in the middle of season four, getting close to the end here. We watch them so that you don't have to and try to figure out how this show broke America and all of our grandparents' brains. All right, here is the episode we're doing today. It is season four, episode 27, Fun Girls. It originally airs April 13th, 1964, directed by Kobe Ruskin and written by Aaron Rubin. Have we seen Aaron Rubin any time before? I don't think so. I think, no, yeah, he's popped on before a few times. And here is your one-sentence summary from Wikipedia. Two fun-loving but overbearing women from Mount Pilot cause problems by being amorous to Andy and Barney, which makes Helen and Thelma Lou needlessly jealous. I think I would disagree with the word needlessly, needlessly there. Very judgmental. Wikipedia uh, putting their thumb on the scales on this a little bit. For sure, for sure. I think I think that word is mm, iffy. Yeah. Uh, if he usage of that word. So these are the fun girls who have appeared before. I don't remember which. They appear in the Andy Griffith Show episode is called Barney Men's a Broken Heart. 
For us, it's the episode with we call the Breakup Odyssey. It's yeah. the one that we also talked about, How I Met Your Mother. So we've encountered these women before. We got uh, a protracted argument about whether or not they were sex workers. Yeah, I think the jury is still out on that, honestly. But basically, their their role is they're too... I'm, I want to figure out like the show's words here. Floozies? Floozy is probably... I... I would characterize them as drunk women. I yeah. think that's probably the most accurate thing of just women who are wasted. I, I, that's it. They're shit-faced drunk through the entire episode. It's hard to read them as anything other than it's, that. Th- this is true. This is true. So they are they are there to uh, show up and show Andy and Barney a good time. And the last time this happened, they all got like at a diner together and it wound up having Andy and Barney get punched in the face by some guys that thought they were, they were on a date with the girls. All right, yeah. whatever. So the fun girls return for their second of three appearances. And so it, and we'll, we'll just launch into it. So it opens up with Andy and Barney in the, in the jail and they're taking inventory. Yeah. They're putting stuff together. They're like, you know, they're, they got to do a report to the County of like, here's all the stuff we own. And it is, it's not funny. This is about like six minutes. That is in no way funny. It's but it is nice. Yeah, it's, it's just it's a just couple a... of dudes hanging out, appreciating each other's unique abilities. Barney accidentally reveals that he can sew by talking about how Otis, whenever he's drunk, chews on the blanket so he has to mend them. And then Andy is just like, "Oh man, it's really cool that you can sew." And Barney's like, "Oh yeah, I can knit too." He's like, "Oh, that's really cool." Yeah, I was going to knit you an afghan. And then Andy's like, "I really appreciate that. Thank you, friend. That's a very thoughtful and kind gift, and I look forward to receiving it." And Barney's like, "Absolutely, man. I love you." And he's like, "I love you too." And that's it, right? That's, that's like it. That's it. No other stuff happens. That's, I kept waiting for, for like sure. for like Barney to do the whole thing of like, "Yeah, I'm the best sewer ever, and that's why I'm a badass." So so my own wounds during the war, but now he's just like. Yeah, yeah, it's I'm, I'm really it's a nice little talent I have that I'm really I'm really proud of. You know, you know, you know what else I was gonna do? I was thinking I might buy you the word sheriff. <laughs> <laughs> Anytime anybody uses the word sheriff in any language, that's you, Andy. It really sounds like this is an NFT. It sounds <laughs> no, so much like a fucking <laughs> NFT. I'm sorry, I'm I'm done with this. I'm done. I had to slide one more in there. But yeah, it's it's, it's just a moment of them like just chilling just being like all right we're good friends it's cool okay bye and then like it's weird but it's cool let's get back to work and and barney says look i also fixed this lamp now we have three lamps and he's like man you're just on fire encouragement yeah positive reinforcement i'm not undercutting you anyway and barney's like i'm not ego tripping and i'm like what show is this thelma lou and helen crump the entity known as crump they walk in. Remember how Andy has a girlfriend? I yes. Guess, I guess we haven't seen her in like 12 episodes, but she comes, they come in and they're like, hey, you get boys need to come see a movie with us tonight. Yeah. And they're like, Andy and Barney say, we can't, we have to work like late tonight. We got to do all this is inventory. We want to get it done now so that we can take you to the dance tomorrow. Yeah. Just being responsible adults. Uh, Thelma Lou is like disappointed. She's like, oh, I wanted to hang out with you tonight. And Helen Crump is like, I could go either way. I'm fine. Yeah. <laughs> I right. don't, I forgot you existed until I walked through the door, but it's cool. See you tomorrow, I guess. Like, like all of Andy's girlfriends, I'm really not that into you. Uh, Though 
they leave. I guess the entire point of that scene is just to show set the idea that there is a dance tomorrow. And that they're going to be around. Yeah. To, re- to remind us of, of their existence, basically. Yeah. To establish within the canon that, yes, these two women are extant. But so after that... This is where it starts becoming a thing. Barney goes, well, you know, I get I get real cranky when I get low blood sugar. If I don't eat something soon, I'm going to be completely useless. So Andy's like, all right, well, why don't you go to the diner and get us some sandwiches? So Barney takes off and Barney is gone for a weird amount of time to the point where Andy like starts to call the diner to see where the hell he is. Um, You're skipping something. What am I skipping? They have two more visitors while Barney is out. Oh, Jesus Christ. I tried to black it out. Yeah, so Gomer shows up with his cousin Goober, right? So, I, honestly, man, I'm so mad about this. I was just starting to like Gomer. I know. I was just starting to get okay with Gomer. But it they, the show is just like, hey, here's Goober. Remember Goober? You love this guy. It's Goober. You're not going to be upset at all when Gomer leaves <laughs> for his own show. and Because you got Goober. It, it's and, also the worst plug for a replacement character. So... If you guys aren't familiar with this as much as we are, Gomer's leaving for his spinoff show soon. So they're trying to slot in Gomer 2 as like his his replacement. So this is basically a backdoor pilot for a character. And an interesting thing is when you're pitching the replacement for your character, have the first character refuse to get out of the way in any way whatsoever. (laughs) Is just like... I loved on Cheers when they were bringing in Woody and Coach burst out of the grave and said, I refuse to die. I'll be here forever. I'm going to talk over all of Woody's lines. I think it really kind of made it a fluid transition. The the best episode of MASH was when Colonel Potter flew that that helicopter (laughs) out of hell. (laughs) Replace me, will you? (laughs) It's like a zombie helicopter out of hell. Yeah. It yeah. It was Potter, right? Potter was the one no, who died. No, uh, Blake was the one that died. God damn it. I uh. know. You beefed it. It was a good one, too. Yeah. Fuck. So, basically, they establish that Goober has a thing. And the thing is, Cary Grant impressions. And I, I'm very yeah. curious if these were anything back then so okay thank you ultra reliable mayberry wiki so so he he does he does impressions bad impressions of of celebrities that were well known back then like ed edward g robinson and uh, something like matt Dillon from gunsmoke he just does really bad impressions i mean like i know what Cary grant sounds like i've seen north by northwest i've seen charade i've watched movies i Uh, i've been on a Cary grant kick lately i've been watching like to catch a thief and bringing up Baby and all of his shit. Like, I've been actively seeking him out. I didn't recognize any of this. So here's here here it is. So, Uber's uh, Cary Grant impression is just him going, Judy, 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 Judy. Yeah. So, by the way, uh, like, you're not really selling me on this guy who does bad impressions and says the word yo when he means yes. Yeah. Those are the only two selling points of Goober so far. Because Gomer won't shut up. Yeah. Gomer keeps talking Goober up and Goober keeps not delivering. So, here's where the Judy, Judy, Judy thing comes from. According to IMDb, there's an actor named Larry Storch who was doing a uh, like a nightclub act. And he inadvertently set in motion this Judy, 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 Cary Grant thing. Because he was doing the act and he was doing a Cary Grant impression in his act when Judy Garland walks in. Mm-hmm. And so as Cary Grant, he addresses her. 
Judy, Judy, Judy. And that catches on. Similar to how, like, whenever anyone's doing a Michael Caine impression, they go, you know, not very many people know that. Yeah. Even even though Michael Caine's never said that in any movie. So there is no Cary Grant movie in which Judy, Judy, Judy appears. But somehow this stuck for no reason. And other people doing Cary Grant impressions jumped on him. People used to be so fucking stupid. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I, I guess I'll give this a pass. It's just a giant game of telephone that worked its way onto this stupid show. Anyway, I... There's a bit of obscure trivia for you. Thanks, ultra-reliable Mayberry Wiki. God, I hate Goober. I already hate Goober. He's the worst. I can't imagine what they are going... He, the, it's not going to be that he just does impressions, is it? it this it show can't. gave me nothing. I, I have I have no... I have no idea what he's going to bring to the table in Gomer's absence. It, he can't... If he was as funny as... as Gomer, which is hit or miss, they would have done something. I mean, admittedly, Gomer's in- introduction was, hey, this door is really thick. That's cool. Like, they're not exactly yeah, good at Go- Gomer's stuff. intro was nothing. Yeah, he just had, like, two lines. I uh, I don't know. It's, it's not looking great. I would not buy stalking Goober right now. <laughs> I, I... It's it's looking pretty fucking bleak because what it looks like right now is he does bad impressions. So when Gomer's gone, he's gonna come on and he's just going to do like like a shitty Rock Hudson impression or some bullshit. So w- yay us, woo! Yeah, happy birthday to me. <laughs> All right, so we so there we go. He kicks them out after an inordinate <laughs> amount of time. Just. An obscene amount of time watching a man I've never seen before do impressions that make no sense. Oh my god. So he kicks them out, and then he gets to the part where he's like, where, where is Barney? Like, he's yeah. taking a long time to get some sandwiches. And he's about to go and call the diner. There's a little moment with him and Sarah, the uh, operator lady. I like I like that the there's only one operator in town that it's Sarah and I like how every once in a while they have a conversation with Sarah we just get little bits in this he's like hey Sarah how you doing oh well that's too bad drink plenty of fluids so I guess and Sarah has a cold of, he's kind of fucking annoyed that she's actually talking to him <laughs> right right I like it I is, like that detail a lot it is a nice reoccurring thing on the show now that every single interaction that Andy has with any character annoys him a little bit he's just like like he's he's picking up milk and he's like yes mr munstauser yes i care about your rheumatoid i that's fine keep telling me about your leg like he can't get through his day without somebody gibbering at him four episodes ago he flew off into the woods yeah left he left his child behind because he couldn't stand being amongst these people anymore it's it's crazy that people are like mayberry the best place on earth and meanwhile the main character of the show is like i am in hell i'm in (laughs) i'm in folksy hell i'm trying to escape like it's that old bbc show the prisoner but the giant ball keeps dragging me back to this fucking black and white nightmare i have i have my i have a theory yeah that like andy's with helen but at night he's still thinking about that girl that went to chicago yeah yeah i don't think i mean i think he's he's with helen and like it's kind of a love the one you're with kind of situation 
But Andy's sitting there like with his biggest regret, like, I should have gone to Chicago. And, Why did I stay here? What now, is this for? Every every minute interaction, he just has less and less patience for every day. Yeah. Because he's like, this. I could be in Chicago right now. I could be living my life. Suddenly the world feels a little bit too small. And the walls are closing in on him. And suddenly Mayberry isn't the world anymore. It's just this little slice of it. And every interaction he has, he can feel mortality closing in on him. It's just more and more time until he dies, and he realizes how much time he spends just jawing with these slack-jawed idiots he doesn't even respect. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's, it's been a while. I had to go look that up. That was the class reunion episode. Yeah. So far, the best episode of, of the show, and just like a weirdly good episode. And also, the only woman that Andy's had any chemistry with at all on this entire series. Holy shit, uh, this meta-narrative works. Yeah, I like it. And that was, yeah, that was around the end of season three. So, yeah, it's probably been in, in showtime probably a couple of months yeah. that he's had to dwell on this. Yeah, I'm, I'm sticking with this. Yeah. So I want to I, I want to sort of take Barney's as as he's on the phone, Barney comes back in and I want to take his entrance beat by beat and kind of like like kind of go like like serial killer profiler on his behavior okay. so that we can reconstruct what the fuck he did at the diner. Okay. Cause the first thing that happens is he, he comes in and he's really skittish and nervous and he's like, he's, he's like kind of jumpy and he's not really saying what's going on. Listeners, listeners, if you want to imagine the way that Don Knotts is delivering this, imagine that like a friend of yours comes in and is about to tell you that they hit a homeless man on the mm -hmm. highway and just kept going. That is the energy. He comes in like like he just did something really fucking bad. And he knows that everything that is about to follow is going to go terribly. So he, he enters and as he comes back in, he's kind of like, he's like, all right, so I did something and it's bad. But he's also kind of pumped about it. Like he's like, it's pretty bad bad unless it isn't that's kind of his approach this whole thing yeah he but he also he has like he's also like going back into shame and he's like D what did you do what the fuck did you do and then the girls like burst in and announced that they were at the diner and they saw barney who uh, they refer to as bernie bernie they never get his name right and he promised that he was going to take them to the jail and show them and show them the police station by the way, we keep calling them girls because the show calls them girls. These women are 40. Yeah, these are fully ass grown women. And their names are Daphne and Skippy. Yeah. Which is not a real name. No. Jean Carson plays Daphne. Her big bit is that she talks like she smokes four packs a day. <laughs> she normally plays like career criminals on the Twilight Zone. Yeah, like. So she comes up with this froggy voice like, hello, doll. Yeah. yeah. She's basically Patty and Thelma from The Simpsons. Yeah, very much that. Yeah. Yeah. So they, they come in and they're like, we're going to, he promised us a tour of the station. And Bar Barney's story is, well, you know, they just kind of jumped me and they, they latched onto me and they wouldn't let me go. And I just kind of had to bring them back here. But then he's also fucking flirting with them where they're <laughs> like, oh, look at Andy's hair. We have to sit under a dryer to get that kind of hair. And oh, Barney's like, and, and, how do you know that he doesn't have to sit under a dryer? So he's not having that bad of a time. I mean, it, it's definitely it's definitely that point where it's just like, okay, I shouldn't be doing this and it's ruining my night. But also these women are attractive and paying attention to me. Uh, a feeling that I get. I understand. Dan, you, you 
we cannot throw stones here. We've done this. Yes, we can. <laughs> no, because what happened was, and I am very confident of this, he saw these two men at the diner that he all, that he almost cheated on his girlfriend with in the past yeah. with Andy. This uh, is true. And he, like, he, they, they hit on him, he got horny, and he was like, you know what? Tonight's the night. We're gonna fuck these ladies together. And then he got in the car and was like, oh no! That is not what's going to happen at all. Andy and Barney just... But also he's kind of holding out hope that it will happen. Yeah. Barney just wants to have a foursome. Yes. his best friend. Like... He just wants to have a best friend orgy. He's all he's... And and Thelma Lou's not down for it and he is not into Helen at all because no one is. Yes. Like... So he's got he's got to find other plans, and these girls these girls seem like they'd be down. Yeah. Oh, one hundred percent. You know, it's in, in fact they make it very clear that we're down. Like we are down to clown at any moment. Yeah. So they start the girl like Andy is like get them the fuck out of here. I hate this. I hate you. This is a terrible idea. I don't understand why you did this. We need to get to work, and also no to all of this. And the girls kind of start like running around and touching everything and they try to lock themselves in the jail cells with andy and barney and andy is kind of like trying to peel them off of him and i think i think you nailed it they're drunk girls yes like the thing is that was kind of i have been at this situation at a club at 3 a.m oh for sure yes for sure we're you, you, you and I have w- been walking down the street, and I know this sounds like it's made up, but, like, wim- drunk women have just, like, attached themselves and been like, we're going with you now! Yeah, like, and, and at first, it seems like it's going to be fun, and then you are a camp chaperone who is, <laughs> <laughs> like, it never goes well when, like, when drunk women attach themselves to you, because after, like, 20 minutes somebody's throwing up somewhere and you're telling a person to put on their shoes. Like this is, it's, this is one of my favorite Marty and Dan moments. It's honestly, we were just walking down the street and a pair of flight attendants, like asked us if there was a good bar and then latched themselves onto us. And they're like, we're going to go where you're going. And you and I were going to watch anime. <laughs> we were going to go see spirit, a midnight showing of spirited away. Yeah. And, and- and we were just kind of like going with it. We were like, yeah, totally. We're going to a bar. Come with us. And then they proceeded to be very, very drunk and annoying. And we were like, wait, why are we doing this? This sucks. Yeah. yeah. This and, is and, horrible. And, 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 and I get it. Like, it's a Barney Fife idea. It's like, all right, I shouldn't be doing this. Like, you and I both had girlfriends at the time, too. Yeah. Yeah. And we were both like, eh, okay, but I, I want the attention. I like yeah. the attention from these from these uh, attractive women who just attracted them. And then all of a sudden it's like, no, oh God, this was was horrible. This was so bad. And then we went and watched anime, fell asleep and pawned those, those women off on your brother who had to kick them out of his house (laughs) (laughs) because they kept trying to smoke weed in his living room. So great night. Just an awesome night. And then we, and then we got to the showing late. So we had to sit up front and then we fell the fuck asleep. This reminded me of so many times in college. No, this, like, that's just one example. I know the feel. I know this feel, bro. I understand what is happening in this episode. This reminded me so many instances of college of, like, my my friend inviting me out with her and her friends and being like, all right, I'll be the only guy hanging out with a bunch of girls. This sounds pretty cool. And then four hours later, I'm like, all right, we're going home. Kathy, where are your shoes? We need to go. All right, guys. 
campus is this way. We can't catch a bus because one of you will throw up on it. Let's just walk home. Susan! Susan! Do not go in that bodega! Get back here! Susan! <laughs> like, shaking something. Come on! It is it, it is both an honor and a shame to be the to be the guy there on Girls Night Out. Like they're just like there's like we trust you implicitly. You are zero threat to us. And also, <laughs> also, I just threw up. So welcome to your night. <laughs> so that's what's happening here. The the women are are like they lock themselves. They what uh, what's her name? Da- Skippy, no, Daphne locks herself in the cell with Andy. It's like, look what I'm doing. And Andy's like, open the door, open the goddamn door, open this door right now. He tries to kick, Andy tries to kick them out. And then Barney's like, well, I told him I'd drive him to Mount Pilot. We gotta drive him to Mount Pilot. Yeah, and Andy's like, well, you do that and I will continue working here. And Daphne is like, well, that's gonna suck for me to sit alone in the back of the car. To which Andy could have responded, sucks. Yeah, sucks to suck. Tough shit. (laughs) I have no obligation to you, drunk lady who just wandered into my job. Right, and that's exactly, like, he could have just said, nah. And that's where, like, Andy's a little complicit in this. He could have just been like, okay, well, later. So many instances where Andy is like, I'm miserable and having a terrible time. And I was screaming at the screen, then walk away. Then you can leave. Just don't participate in this. This is your show and you sometimes decide to not do it. <laughs> you have like agency. I remember you know how to do that. You used to do things on this show. And now you're just like this passive passenger. So they walk out. They walk with the girls. Daphne has her arms basically fully around Andy as they go out to the car. And that's about the time that Helen and Thelma Lou get out of the movie and they see, you know, their boyfriends with two loud, drunk, blonde women get into a car and drive off. And they're like, okay, well. Did did you see what the movie was? I did. It, I, all I saw the movie was, that, was Cary Grant. It was just Cary Grant. <laughs> just like, Cary, there was no title. It was just romance, action, Cary Grant. <laughs> they're not even advertising the fucking movie. They didn't even make up a fake Cary Grant movie. What did Cary Grant have coming out that year? Like, Cary Grant movies. Like, we're already, like, five years removed from North by Northwest. List he put out, like, three movies a year that were just like, Tiffany, get down from there. But, like, okay, but by 1964, we're at the end of Cary Grant's career, right? Like, he's he, he was in Charade in 63, and he only does two more movies after that. Like, And in Charade, the joke is, like, you're too old to be doing this shit. Yeah. Like he's in his Danny Glover phase at this point. So I don't even know what that could have been. So I'm just going to assume that they were going to see charade or whatever the hell father goose is. <laughs> oh, I've actually heard that movie rules. Okay. So he, so they're seeing that ever. So Car- welcome to Cary Grant chat. Yes. Oh, dude, do we want to do a Cary Grant podcast? Oh, 100%. Let's just talk about how fucking... I will talk about how kick-ass charade is Charade fucking day. Let's just talk about Cary Grant for the rest of the episode. I will talk about Cary Grant and Audrey Hepburn's sexual chemistry for years. Because it could burn through concrete, baby. That... The shit they have going is incredible. 
All right, so the movie was just Cary Grant. They leave the Cary Grant movie. Judy, Judy, Judy. And it wasn't, I mean, that wasn't a very good Cary Grant impression either, but who fucking cares? Yeah. Hey. And and they see their they see their boyfriends crawl into this car with these women who are being very loud. These women are basically screaming, we're going to fuck in here. <laughs> I'm taking my top off. <laughs> so woo. Like, They're woo. woo girls. Woo girls. Yeah. They So they get like solid evidence of cheating it's not a slam dunk case but enough to be upset right like circumstantial evidence certainly not a thing you'd be pleased about enough that you would ask to see your partner's phone probably like you know, considering also that they were blown off that night like, yeah they, remember like they came in earlier and said hey do you want to go to a movie with us tonight and andy said no we have to work Wink, wink, wink. Yeah. You know? So. Sure, an excuse you'd say when you're about to bang two ladies in the back of a police car together. Yeah, so... <laughs> so there he goes. So they drive off. Next day, they show up to work. Barney's like, you still mad? And he's like, no, I'm not. I'm not mad. I'm not mad. Let's just get to work. Yeah, which, if Barney is like, hey, I know you're mad at me. And it's, after a certain point, it is like, express your feelings, Andy. Just tell him he, you're mad. Yeah, man. I mean, every we don't need to go through this whole, like, Abbott and Costello bit. It's you know, a hell of his go. own making, man. Like, like, come on, dude. Like, we all know you're mad. Everyone knows you're mad. <laughs> like, this is accomplishing uh, nothing. Just they, tell they, him to fuck himself. They get out They get out of the car. I mean, I get it. Because he's like, if I say that I'm mad, Barney's going to want to talk about it until I'm not mad anymore. And I don't want to do that. I want to go do the fucking work we were supposed to do last night. So I get it. I get it. They get out of the car. They see Helen and Thelma Lou across the street. They're like, hey, our girlfriends. And the girlfriends are like, fuck you. Yeah. Eat shit. But extremely justifiably. Because... <laughs> Wait, even if you, even if they do not jump to the conclusion that they were being cheated on, definitely jump to the conclusion that they were lied to about them being free last night, so they got right. fucking snubbed to hang out with other girls. That's pretty fucking cut and cut and dry. Is it a misunderstanding? Yeah, but fucking barely, because yeah. they did in fact not work and hang out with other women. So yeah, it, it's it's. It's there. It's like, yeah. It's so, kind of, they, they misunderstood it, but the, the actual events are only barely better than what they think happened. So, and, and, and you know, you know how they, the show knows that this is bad. The show knows that this is bad because when Andy finally does get to explain to Helen what happened, his explanation happens off screen. Yeah, because how the, the fuck are you going to talk your way out of this? The the writers did not have a way to make that better, like yeah. at all. Both of their explanations and apologies happen while something else is going on. Well, uh, I, actually, I think I could. I I have the magic words that I could make this work. My best friend is a psychopath. Yeah, just basically be like, hey, you know how I voluntarily associate with a deranged lunatic, and she'd be like, yeah, be like. He did a thing. And she'd be like, oh, he did a thing. Right. So so a Andy has a way out with Helen. Yeah. And Barney has a way out with Thelma Lou because Thelma Lou has no self-esteem. No. No self-value whatsoever. No. He could oh, set on. her on fire and she would take him back about 12 minutes later. God, that poor woman. Yeah. All right. So we're, we're jumping ahead of ourselves. Right now, they, they actually do have some gumption. And they're saying, yeah, we're going to the dance tonight. Not with you losers. Get lost. 
why don't you go and hang out with those fun girls? And I got to be honest, man, fun girl in that context really sounds like a euphemism for whores. Yes, 100%. Like, that's exactly, that's what they're calling them. Yeah. Fun is willing to have sex with you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they are, you know, slut shaming the drunk girls that they saw with their boyfriends last night, which is not great, but you know what? I get it. Really bigger fish to fry. Yeah, we'll we'll deal with that later. And like they leave and Andy's like, maybe we will take those fun girls. And then he gets real mad. He's like, this is your fault, Barney. You suck. You did this. Meh. End of scene. Yeah. Uh, later that night, Andy's home. Aunt B shows up. Hello. Remember how I used to do things? Con- well, here's your tie. I, I starched it and pressed it. Bye. Yeah. <laughs> yeah just contractual obligation fulfilled. Yeah. And she tries to convince Andy. She's he's like, listen, those girls are going to forgive you. You'll go in and you'll have a good time or whatever. And every get the fuck out of my house. <laughs> Like, Please. I, you, you get the feeling that Aunt B really doesn't care about this. She's just trying to convince Andy that everything's going to be okay, sort of half-heartedly. Yeah. Mainly because she wants the house to herself tonight, because, I don't know, Aunt B's got a date coming I, over. I have a traveling salesman coming over in 30 minutes, and I need you the fuck out of here. Obi, time for bed now! <laughs> time for bed! Put on your special headphones! Opie makes an appearance in this episode, but has no lines, and no. we'll get to that in a second. He just looks uh, very upset. Yeah. So a- Andy's like, I'm not going. Aunt B's like, yes, you are. He's like, no, I'm not going to go. The girls already have other dates. Okay. And then he says, I'm not going to go and stand in the line, in the stag line, which I guess is the line of single dudes up against the wall. Yeah. With old man, Mr. Schwamp. Schwamp. Listen, all right, so we mentioned this in the last episode. I guess from here on out, there's going to be a recurring gag of an old man named Mr. Schwamp who never speaks. And people You've are already like, got... I, what's, I don't know what the joke there is. It's a joke that Schwamp is a funny name because you can't do that when you have a serious actual character named Helen Crump. Yeah, no, like, it. they literally rhyme. They rhyme. So you can't do it. You can't do that bit. All it's right, just a shitty version of Hey Leon. He's just yeah. Leon, but he's big and old and doesn't have a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. So what's <laughs> the point? No. Just, just every just, case just where they're like, hey, Mr. Schwump, could be, hey, Leon. It could always be Leon. <laughs> Mr. Schwump isn't sticky and covered in dog hair. What's the point? I mean, he could be, but he doesn't look like it. It's just an old man smiling. Yeah. He's not even that old. He's like 60. No. Is the joke that he has a hairpiece on? Because they've shown us like 15 guys with those. I don't know. Mm. All right. So so he's like, I don't want to stand in the, in the stag line with old man Schwump. And Barney goes... We're not going, Stag. Enter the fun girls. Yeah, because Barney previously was like, well, you know what would really show them? If we brought the fun girls to the dance. And Andy's like, yeah, that would show them. And then Barney's like, I did the thing! <laughs> What's up? So hey, then the man, gr- that thing we said in jest, I did it! Well, definitely don't have any ulterior motives for doing this. So the girls start like putting music on and dancing and like they're pre-gaming. They're like, it's time to go. Let's ready to go. I put a bunch of vodka in a water bottle. (laughs) Aunt B comes out of the kitchen and and Andy's just like embarrassed by this whole thing. It's like, this is Aunt B. And then Opie comes in and Aunt B puts herself like in front of Opie, between Opie and... And the fun girls, as if there was shrapnel flying. 
<laughs> like as, as, as if some of the one of the fun girls was like grenade <laughs> and she just like we have seen people walk in and point live artillery at this small child's head and there was less a- attempt to defend him and than there is from like him seeing two women with slightly loose morals. And they still like they start talking to him about like, are you gonna be a sheriff when you grow up? No, you're probably gonna be a criminal. And based off of Ron Howard's little facial expression, you know how when you do tricks in Tony Hawk's Pro Skater, it goes like like boldness Jesus, Ollie, Ollie, combo. <laughs> I just pictured that over his head just going like trauma, 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 therapy, drinking problem. Cause his he looks like just like I don't understand what's going on and it's going to take me about 15 years to understand it but my perception of my father and my and the world is changing very rapidly see I I, I got a different vibe from that and the vibe I got for that was oh puberty kicked in just now <laughs> right now puberty started at this moment just oh man this is my sexual awakening oh I'm going to internalize <laughs> this this, oh, this is gonna have this some repercussions. Weird. This is weird. Actually, I, I do want to. Uh, I do want to slide something in there for kind of take that track with it. We mentioned the cosplayers or tribute artists last episode who dress up as Andy Griffith show characters. Yeah, Dixie Griffith, uh-huh. uh, Andy's daughter, real life daughter, is one of those people. Obviously, we mentioned there, and her character of choice is, is Daphne. And I get why you would want to be Daphne. You get to do the fun voice to Javi yeah. Fiestein. But also, it's fucking weird to play a character whose entire, like, shtick, whose entire characterization is wanting to have sex with my dad. Yeah. My dad personally. Like, well, what? so what was your favorite thing that Daphne did on one of the shows? Well, I liked the time she tried to give my dad an over-the-pants handjob. I thought that was really cool. That that really resonated with me when I was a little girl watching the Andy Griffith show. I was like, that lady, I want to be like her. <laughs> Just, I, 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 I mean, I think I understand it because, like, you don't have a whole lot of options for women cosplayers in this show anyway. Not a like, lot that didn't try to fuck your dad. Yeah, it's true. Like you could, I guess you could be Thelma Lou, but that's not better. Right? No, no, it's <laughs> my moderately no sexual contact with your father. Yeah. <laughs> so really, I I dig it. Maybe and I, so, someone right now is sitting there going, actor and character. No, it's still weird. Come still on, still weird. It's Come weird. on, shut up, shut that's up, actor character guy. We hate you. <laughs> shut up, guy. I just made up in my head to get mad at. All right, so. Andy and Barney take the girls to the dance. Is this the point where Andy turns to Barney and is like, I'm going to kill you. <laughs> yes, he goes, and, when this is all over, I'm going to fucking kill you. And this is not an I exaggeration. I added in the word fucking. Yeah. That's it. This is not an exaggeration. Sometimes Dan and I add lines that aren't there because we're reading between the lines. No, that is the text. Yeah. When this is over, I'm going to kill you. Which, again, don't go. Just don't do yeah. that. Just walk away. You just... you. you it's like the, uh, you know, it's the share zone meme. You can leave. Yeah. If it sucks, hit the bricks. Yeah. Just, I've, my life has gotten so much better since I've started living by that credo. Just, well, yeah, you do that mid-conversation to me. Like, <laughs> that That's just like kind of your entire deal is if a conversation is not actively interesting you, you just stare off into the distance midway through it. And then about 12 minutes later, start talking about Legos. 
All of my go- all of my goodbyes are Irish ones. What can I say? You've done an Irish goodbye mid syllable. <laughs> so so they but, go but to the he dance. He could have gone upstairs to maybe talk to his kid, spend some time with his family. When was the last time there was any? And I'm looking at the list. I'm looking at the Andy Griffith Show episodes. I don't remember the last time there was meaningful interaction between Andy and his son. I he he probably should have prioritized going upstairs and just being like, "Hey, so I'm not doing that." Just to be very clear, that woman that you just met has no romantic affiliation with me. It is very important that you, my son, understand that because <laughs> damage. And and, and and like Opie's sitting there going like. New mom? New mom? (laughs) New mom? I've been begging for this in the monkey paw curled. (laughs) No, I'm looking through the list. Not a new sexy mom. I'm looking through the list. I straight up do not remember any, like, the last time. Was his voice changing at this point? Was it like, I have to assume it was something like that. Yeah. Yeah. So, they go to the dance. Thumbaloo and Helen are there. They have their new dates. It's Gomer and Goober. Which is... And they are miserable. It is so sad that the this is the best these two women could get. Are you serious? Well, it... Vietnam. All the guys were in Vietnam. We, 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 we've, we've established this before, right? Like, there are no young men in, in Mayberry. There are no eligible bachelors. They are all dying in, in Vietnam. Yes, it is all hot women and lumpy old men. Yeah. So I guess these two are. Oh, I think I just understood why the rerun watchers club want to live in Mayberry. Oh God. Yeah. Oh, it's like it's like the end of Doctor Strangelove for them. That that just that showed up a little bit there. Oh Uh, God, this is like the mine shafts. Jesus Christ. Okay. All right. So. So we, we figured it out, right? So the only people around are Goomer and, Go, uh, Goomer and Goober. That might also have something to do with Thelma Lou's low self-esteem. It's just like, I literally can't do better. <laughs> just every time that a, like a guy is like, hey, I'm an eligible young man that likes to treat a lady nice. Someone is just like throws a net over him and then puts him in a box marked Vietnam. <laughs> like Garfield mailing Nermo to Abu Dhabi. <laughs> Marty's Comics Corner. <laughs> Fuck. So, yeah. So, the dance is uh, carnage. It's, un- <laughs> it's unmitigated carnage of bad music and weird facial expressions. And the fun girls are like, you know what? Hang on a second, Dan. Hang on. Because while I agree that it is bad that, like, and, and kind of sad that the best that these women could do is pick up gomer and goober for the night i am sick and tired of everyone treating gomer like that i am tired of everyone being like i have no other option i guess i'll hang out with gomer i gomer is a nice guy yeah like he's dumb but he's nice and and always enthusiastic to be doing whatever you're doing i i am sick and tired of people just be shitting on gomer and picking him last for dodgeball okay but to be fair to be fair what was that? How was that date going, Marty? That's, was, it was miserable. It yeah, was, was awful. Was he being charming? Was he sweeping them off their feet and giving them corsages? No, he was prompting the fucking Cary Grant impressions. <laughs> and look, I, I mean, I, I say that out loud, but I'm like, I don't want to hang out with Gomer yeah, either. No, this right? looked horrible. 
No, assumption. Unfortunately, I I feel you and I get what you're saying and I agree in theory, but in practice, this looks like the date from hell. So kind of bias is validated a little bit. All right. So everyone's like, so they're they're having a miserable time on this date. Yeah. They, B- B- Andy is miserable because the uh, what what. What's her name? Fucking Skippy is Daphne. trying to undo his belt on the dance right. floor. They even they walk into the dance floor and they go, "Man, this dance is for squares. Let's show them how to do how, how to really dance." They're like, "Damn!" They basically walk in like, "We need to hoe it up." <laughs> like it's where is the liquor? And again, zero judgment on this. Love the Woo Girls. Big fans of you. When I am twenty four, twenty five. Yes. No. One hundred percent. This episode there, made me tired. There, there, is, there is a place for that. And uh, the place is college. All yes. right, cool. <laughs> All of my friends have children. All right. <laughs> <laughs> this, is, this is the Marty and Dan are old hour of just us like shaking our, our, shaking our, our, wagging our finger at the young ladies and just being like, y'all need to calm down. You're lowering property values with your wooing. I mean... Dan, I've spent the past week having a conversation with another adult man with a job about the proper usage of the words penis and fart. (laughs) We're young at heart. (laughs) This is where I've gone. All right. Christ. Okay, so the dance. Andy Andy goes to the band leader and is like, hey, man, help me out here. No, no, no. no. What he says is, hey, man, if you don't do this song, this changing partner thing, I'm going to boot your fucking car. (laughs) <laughs> because it's definitely the action is much prompter than him being like, oh, yeah, man, I got you. Don't worry. He just hears that. And he goes, all right. So we're going to play a game. Whenever yeah, he, the music's- he, he cuts off his band in the middle of a song. Yeah. Yeah. He, there is urgency to it. You can't get that that level of immediacy without a threat. Right. Yeah. So, Bar- so Andy goes over, whispers something to the yeah. band leader that prompts the band leader to be like, OK, we're, we're done. Yeah. And then they're like, they say, okay, we're going to do a musical chairs kind of thing. Every time the music stops, you switch partners. Uh, and Andy's like, thank God, an excuse to like, not have this woman on me. Because again, I am incapable of asserting myself, whatever. Yeah. yeah. So they do the dance routine, more faces, more physical interactions. Two women that have nothing to do with each other and whose faces we don't even see. Grab onto Andy and Barney for a, a bit. And then Andy gets to Helen it's like, hey, listen to me. We're going to talk right now and, and, yeah. shoot, and choose her away. And then Barney gets to Thelma Lou, and Thelma Lou just, again, looks miserable. And Barney says, this, this line popped out at me. Will you, will you not jump to conclusions? Will you not jump to conclusions? Listen to me. Do you think I wanted to come here with those girls? And empirically, yes. Yes, actively. Like, la- last, last night you could chalk up to mistake or, or dumb decision. Tonight, you actively sought them out. You had to call them. They didn't show up at your house with a gun. Yeah, so I think the answer is, yeah, you clearly did. You went and found them and brought them to you. Yeah. This was not a coincidence. Last night was a coincidence and you got in over your head. Tonight, you intentionally did that. It Which, is- if, if Thumbaloo had any goddamn sense, would be another reason to be mad at him. The... Barney's apology that wins her back is basically shut up, shut up, shut up, you idiot. Don't you know that I love you? 
Like, which is actually, and, that's and, actually pretty accurate to the way things go. And, and they they make they make such a big deal of Barney saying the L word too. It's, so I guess we're supposed to go with like this is the first time he's ever said that. And, it's and, been four years, and he doesn't really say it like, "Oh, baby, I love you." It's like he says it like he's admitting to being a chronic bedwetter. He's like. I, fuck, I love you. And she's like, what? He's like, I, I love you. Fuck off. Shut up. And then she keeps making him say it louder and louder. And then he accidentally yells it as the music stops. And then he's like, <laughs> oh, no, my dating prospects in this town just got much more difficult. He, he also doesn't say he also doesn't actually say I love you. He says you're the only he says none of no other woman means anything to me, baby. Yeah. <laughs> You're the only girl I love. So it's it's kind of like he's saying it, but he's giving himself an out. Like, he's still saying, bitches he, ain't shit. He's, he's saying, I'm a fuck other women, but I love you. You're the only one woman that I'm, I don't love any of the women I'm cheating on you with. Yeah. So he's, he's getting in some real spirit of the law, letter of the law shit with this apology. Which is a thing that he knows all about. Meanwhile, just off screen, Andy gave an amazing explanation because we hard cut to Helen going, okay, I forgive you. Yeah, he just basically says like, she, she, it opens to her apologizing to him and saying, I'm sorry, I jumped to conclusions. And Andy says, well, next time, I forgive you. Next time, listen to me. You're pretty. So two absolute catastrophes of fucking interactions between a man and a woman. Jesus Christ. Okay, yeah. We don't even have to uh, explain, like, like, you all see what happened here, basically. Like, you, you all know why this is bad, right? We don't have to say the words why this is bad. I feel like you all get The more things this. change, the more things stay the same. We've all basically heard this interaction happen outside of a bar at 2 a.m. For sure. Yeah. For sure. Baby, I was grinding on her, but she, you're, you're the only girl I love. And, like, yeah. So, yeah. Fucking horrible. So they both completely forgive them. The good news is the fun girls are delighted by Gomer and Goober. They're fucking eating these impressions up. It's like they're both going to get their dicks wet tonight, basically. You would think. That's what it seems like. They're both about to get chlamydia today. So, you, you would think You would think that's, that's kind of what it seems like. Except the next goddamn scene, the stinger, I guess, is... is Barney and Andy, they're like, okay, let's leave. Let's go home. Guess our girlfriends are going to be waiting for us. Barney says... Nope, nope, shut up. That's wrong. Because they drop (laughs) off Thelma Lou, and Barney says, I will see you in the morning. So, the night that Barney tells his girlfriend that he loves her, they are not fucking. They don't even even hang out together much longer. He's just like, okay, you're not mad at me? Cool, peace. Yeah. I, I guess I'll do you a favor and take you home. Yeah fucking horrible and then the thing you were about to talk about happens barney suggests let's go swing by the jailhouse because i want to see if otis if otis checked himself in logical Mm -hmm. they go to the jail the lights are on they go in there's the fun girls with goober and gomer Mm -hmm. the fun girls they run up to to andy and barney like hello hi where'd you guys go Gomer and Goober go, we brought your girls back like a couple of simps. 
And yeah, we this whole thing went completely over our heads. Yeah, and then, but it's okay because also we both have I I think between the two of us the mental capacity of a fourteen year old. Yeah. So so honestly, probably good that this didn't go. You know, any this other probably way. would have been a crime. Yeah. Because damn, I'm not capable of consent. <laughs> Golly! All right. And then... So then they're like, well, we're all going to go to Mount Pilot. You said you drive us to Mount Pilot. And then the show ends with Andy and Barney and the fun girls. And they're like, going to go to Mount Pilot. And then Goober and, and Gomer are like... Gomer says, hey, can we come with you? Go, Goober will do impressions. do 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 ba do do Hey. So, yeah, Stinger kind of ruined it. What little of it was unruined. Well, I've been on a roller coaster with this episode, man. <laughs> like we watched it, we watched it twice. We watched this a couple weeks ago together, and at the end of that, I was like, "This fucking sucks. This is awful." This brought back sense memories to the shittiest times in my life. So then, yeah. So then I watched it again tonight, and I was like, "Okay, I relate to some of this. I have been in these situations. I'm a little bit more forgiving of this," and I started to kind of like it a little bit more and then you and i have been talking for the past 45 minutes and i'm like and i'm back to my original idea this is awful this is terrible i think i have had a roommate do this in the actual plot of this episode to me in college i'm pretty sure that this episode has happened to me i started to like this episode the more i recognized myself in it but also i recognized myself in it at like age 24 and again everybody here is 40 (laughs) I know this episode, this episode made me so angry, but in a way that's kind of like puppet therapy. <laughs> <laughs> like, does the Andy Griffith show be like, hey, Dan, I'm a, I'm a, <laughs> I'm a crazy drunk lady that your roommate brought over. And I'm like, shut up, crazy drunk lady. I hate you. <laughs> so it makes it really difficult for me to do the Andy meter. Andy meter. Did we enjoy funny? Do we like the fun girls themselves? Like, do we like them as characters? Do we like their performances? Do we like what Gene Carson and Joyce Jameson are doing? Yeah, actually, I think they're good. Yeah, I think they're I I think they're really capturing yeah. like, a certain type of person. The fact that they made us vi- like 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 angry, I think that means they definitely captured something primal. So yeah, I think they crushed it, and they are actually like like solidly funny. Yeah, yeah, they're 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 pretty decent. Everything else around them kind of is is hellish. I mean, that's the idea. Like they're they're chaos demons. They come in and, and ruin everything. Yeah, most. This of the- show has too many chaos demons. Can I yeah, just say basically. that? Like the between the the fun girls and. The Darlings and Ernest T. Bass and Otis, I guess. This show has too many chaos demons. It's oops all chaos demons. Yeah, you can't do that. Yeah. It used to be we would be like, oh man, here's a new character. Oh, they're kind of chaotic. Yeah. Let's upset the status quo. And now the status quo is just in pieces on the board. And it's just a revolving door of psychopaths that stomp on it. You you can't do a whole town of great gazoos. No, 100%. So, I mean, I guess it's really nothing against the fun girls themselves. I'm just tired of it. Yeah. You know? I mean, I, I'm I, literally at the point just like, give me a goddamn 
fishing story. Literally, please take your son and me fishing, Andy. Please, yeah. please, Daddy, Andy. Please, let's can we just can we just go spend some wholesome time yeah. with your kid or something? I'm so tired of this. It's it, like I, I can't think of a single joke that lands. So yeah, so I think I think like. I think I have to give the episode a four. Like, yeah. in in theory, I wanted to break the five, but I in, in practice, I just I can't. I'm I'm gonna put it lower. I'm putting it like a three. I think, and every single one of those three points is the fun girls themselves acting yeah. their faces off. But there's just nothing. It's so much of it is just introducing Goober Pile. That's just oh like, my god, you're right. I have. To, Goober sucks so much air out of this entire episode, and they dedicate so much time to him. Yeah, I have to, I have to deduct points for for Goober's entire existence. It's such a flop of an introduction. Yeah, uh, like, and I'm not looking. the The purpose of introducing a character is to make me be like, "Boy, I like that guy. I want to see more of him." Yeah, I am not looking forward to more Goober. I'm I'm about to go count the episodes where he shows up. It's it's go. It's like like introducing the intro. He, hey. He, introducing Spike to Buffy the Vampire Slayer. He's doing his taxes. Like, <laughs> do you, you you want more of this? this such dog shit. Oh, and Bar- Barney meter. Barney meter. I, th- I, th- I think my Andy meter sh- and ends at three. Yeah. So yeah. Andy meter or Barney meter. Barney so meter. I do think that like I mean this episode definitely. Mm, ha- I mean, put the, put forward some questionable ideas of how to treat women. Yeah, if we should say. I think and the question no, is no. like, did it cause those ideas, or was it just deeply evocative of them? I mean, I feel like it's no more than any other show at the time. And remember, remember, the Barney meter is not just we saw a bad thing. The Barney meter is like, did this cause permanent psychic damage? You know, to the country. And I mean, I think, it could, it could. I think I think I think you can make the case for this. Like the, the, it, this, these, <sighs> these two characters in a 1960s TV show did treated women in a way that, like, again, sketchy dudes are still treating women today. Whether sure. or not that's a- the Andy Griffith show's fault uh, is debatable, and you get into a whole kind of Rube Goldberg thing there. But like, it didn't help. It it certainly didn't help. And it, you know, a- again, like, the argument we always be like is like. The show treats this as like it's bad, but it's like an acceptable level of bad for which you will receive no real comeuppance. Exactly. Yeah, like yeah. a kid basically like watched this and was like, "Okay, so I know what I can get away with now." Yes. Yes. Yeah. There are some standards set here for like what you can, you know, like yeah. what you can get away with. And 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 also what women should be expected to put up with? Yeah. Like uh, basically and- a little eight-year-old just kind of watched this and was like, all right, so I can cheat and I just got to tell my girlfriend to shut up and calm down after. Sweet. And, you know, based on the evidence of this fucking Wikipedia writer, apparently the show and its and its watchers still take Aunt Barney and Andy's side. Yeah. I that- can't think... I can't think of another episode that is where it's more clear-cut that these dudes are in the wrong. And they did the wrong thing. And How- the show still is like... 
they're fine. How many times do you think Wikipedia administrators have had to go out, go into that episode description and edit out long screeds about someone's ex-wife? Where, like, it's just been like, Andy and Barney are selfishly accused of cheating by their ungrateful girlfriends. See, Sharon? I was just doing what Andy and Barney were doing. Sharon, you bitch. Change the lock, Betlock's backs. I need to get my comic books out of the garage you bitch like just all of that in one long paragraph so regular wikipedia probably edits that out the ultra reliable mayberry wiki probably not oh can we check the comments on i looked there was nothing good there's nothing good yeah yeah so i don't know four 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 i think that that feels right yeah i'll 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 give that I don't know. I'll I'll give it a six. I don't know why I'm giving it a six, but six. Feels right. It fe- feels like it should crack the five point yeah. anyway. I think that's it. We good? That's it. Oh my god. Whew. As always, you can get at us on Twitter. We are at Break Mayberry. Facebook, join the Breaking Mayberry fans Facebook group. I'm, on Twitter, I'm at Schneid Remarks. It's S-C-H-N-E-I-D Remarks. Dan doesn't have a Twitter because he loves himself too much. He feels, you know... I have, I have basic self-esteem. I don't yeah. like to debase myself on a daily basis. Music was by Max Ludwig. The character Maynard G. Barry was created by Not Your Guts. I don't know if we're using Barry art this time. We might, we might not. And once again, give, support us with your money dollars on patreon.com slash breaking Mayberry. If you don't want to support us with your money dollars, reviews, ratings. Yeah. That's, that's all I got. Uh, thank you for tuning in. We'll see you all down at the fishing hole. Boop, 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 boop